Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network, where always the purpose of the podcast is to give you actionable information you can use today right to monetize or to make your life better it's always a business meeting every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome right and uh, we've had a great series on how to win with john hansen now today uh we're gonna have a great outcome we have a clinical social worker uh person we met on linkedin and he has a message to say, and he wants to, he's promoting that message on his YouTube channel. And every person you meet is a book. You can learn uh, information. Sometimes it's vital information that you need to move forward. So between him and I, I got two master's degrees. I have the master's degree in business administration. I have a master's degree in finance. Uh, had a restaurant in Pinellas Park, Florida. I invested $8,000 in it in a group where I sold it for uh, $800,000. So between myself and Stuart, we're going to discuss today uh, relationships in a video that I saw that he makes a great point. And it's a point that's made me a lot of money because uh, when the George Floyd thing hit, there's a lot of discussion about wealth inequality, right? And about the minority population not having access to information they can monetize the same way everybody else can. Another big problem is relationships and relationship building in all communities. Here in Orange County, white people have a divorce rate of 80%, right? So everybody's having problems with relationships and we're going to discuss A to Z. We're going to ask questions from A to Z a lot about relationships. So I'm pronouncing it right, uh, Stuart Eccles. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So how are you doing today? And uh, before I play the video, uh, what are you doing now for work? And, and what's your thoughts on the introduction? Okay. So I am a clinical social worker. And I'm also a professor as well. I teach graduate students. Um, and so um, I thought your introduction um, was great, very well um, spoken. Um, and yes, um, it, it relates to relationships. We have um, various forms of relationships. And I feel that relationships help shape um, the people that we are and right. the people that um, become their life right. along with our environment as well. Oh, 100%. So uh, at what school do you teach at currently? Uh, well, I was teaching at uh, Bramley University. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, let's play this video and we'll react to this video. Because there's a lot in it, and I thought there was a lot that uh, I actually got out of it, and a lot that we can discuss, right? Uh, different uh, holes we see with people and relationships. Let me fix this down here. So, give me one Today we're going to talk about self-worth. 
Because I'm noticing a lot of people are not valuing themselves or loving themselves. A lot of people have allowed themselves to get in relationships with people where they're not valued or where they're not treated the best. And a lot of people feel like they have to get in these relationships um, because of cultural expectations or because their families are in relationships or married, because their friends are in relationships or married, you know, and find out once they get into these relationships that they're not ready to be in a relationship because it's still work that they need to do on themselves. Um, to be in a relationship, you first have to know yourself. You first have to love and value yourself and value your own self-worth because a lot of times we get into these relationships with these people that don't know our self-worth. They don't even know their own self-worth and they look for you to complete them. They look for you to complete them in the relationship and for you to be everything that they need and you can't be everything that a person needs i mean there's no way um to do that a lot of times you can't even be everything that we need for ourselves that's why you have other people in the world that offer different things you know in order to help us maneuver through life and so, you know, sometimes we have to take a step back and evaluate ourselves and take time to really learn to love ourselves in order to establish that self-worth within ourselves so that when we get ready to find love, we will be able to find an ideal mate who will appreciate us and what we bring to the table. And also, we'll be able to find um, someone who will be able to appreciate and be able to see um, those gifts that are manifested in those people. If you're not able to treat yourself well going into a relationship, then you're not going to be able to get the best out of that other person and you're not going to be able to give your complete best as well so at the bottom of the comments definitely all right now you touched on some very uh interesting points and when i heard it it triggered this right getting the love you want by uh harwell hendrix my wife's been a seven uh therapist for 17 years she got a specialization in dbt uh taught directly by marshall linehan who did her phd D and DBT and now DBT is prevalent in the psychotherapist uh, realm. But beneath mm -hmm. that, she's also Imago therapy certified. So you hit a lot on those Imago therapy uh, insights, right? That uh, has helped me in my marriage of 17 years Things were used every day. My wife just texted me. I use that. So even though this video is three minutes, there's a lot of depth to that. So we're going to go review the video, and we're going to scrape through the layers of what's going on. So when you start the video, mm -hmm. right around here, let's go. So today we're going to talk about self-worth. Because a lot of people are not valuing themselves okay so who were the people you were noticing that weren't valuing themselves Stuart? i noticed that a lot of people um in the professional work environment so um, uh, fellow uh professors students correct co-workers um are, are not valuing themselves and they do not feel like they're being valued by um the people that they work for as well right and, and, um, and for me i've made a lot of money because it's i think it's a deep cultural issue for me as a i hate to say business consultant because 80 percent of business consultants have absolutely no idea what they're doing but as a business concierge every single individual every single business i've been with i've noticed that right the people undervalue themselves and i say charge triple what do you mean charge triple i'm going to lose clients da, da, da. the clients that you're going to lose 
they they don't, they don't like you anyways. You're going to lose them anyways. The ones you're going to keep want to keep you and will play triple. Doesn't matter if it's a restaurant. Same thing with my restaurant. I'll put in the episode notes here a link to my restaurant that I told you about. Uh, I should have charged twelve dollars for uh, my sandwich, and I was only charging like three. <laughs> Gourmet meal that I should have been charging fifty dollars for. I was charging, yeah, whatever, five, ten, whatever. And it's amazing that I did so well with the menu prices being so low. People get shocked right now these days with the what is it? The stimulus, right? Stimulus were up to seven trillion dollars with a T. This is the United States is a one hundred trillion trillion with a T dollar market, right? Uh, where you graduated from the University of Auburn, they're a hundred and twenty million dollar just athletic department. There's an infinite amount of money out there. So you go out there, whoever you are, go to your school, whatever, charge triple. So it's deep within our fabric. And look, what do you think it is, right? Uh, as a person with an advanced degree, as a professor, uh, graduate of Auburn University, which is a tough school, it's not an easy school. Uh, we get beat up, this is what I think. I think we get beat up. Uh, by our parents, right? Uh, we get told lies by our parents, right? Uh, the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, from the get-go, right? They, they both don't exist, but we're told they exist from an early age. Then we get beat up in school, right? Uh, I believe, let me know your opinion, I believe in systemic uh, racism, but poor white people experience the same. They experience people who are jerks, right? Because of denigration of relationships, uh, people get discriminated and abused. So by the time they're adults, right, we're in a, in a warfare state, right? We're, I call it, right, and you can correct me because you know more about this than I do, the business guy, but I call it, we're constantly in amygdala brain, right? And the Bible is the flesh, right, versus the spirit. It's the amygdala brain versus the logical part of our brain. It's always in a war, and we're always in a survival mode because of the scarcity. Even though this is the richest country in the world, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us, even super rich people, get caught up in a scarcity mentality, and that leads to people overvaluing their business, how much they should charge. And, and, and in this case, we're talking about relationships. They undervalue themselves in a relationship. What are your thoughts, Stuart? Correct. Um, I, as you were saying, um, we grow up, you know, um, receiving these ideas from our parents, and you know, um, we, we are told by our parents we have to achieve the American dream, and right. we have right. to achieve success for ourselves, and. If you feel like you're not working towards those goals within yourself, you feel like a failure. Right. And right. when you start feeling like you are a failure, you start to mistreat yourself, having self-doubt. You tend to beat up on yourself more and be your own worst critic. Now, right. a lot of right. us, um, when we're in school, uh, we don't get the acceptance that we would want from our peers. Um, and we receive a lot of childhood trauma related from not being accepted by our peers. We feel like we're not good enough. We don't measure up not only to our parents' expectations, but we don't measure up to our peers' expectations. We don't fit into the popular social cultural groups um, that we are supposed to. We don't align. We feel like we are the black sheep. Right. Um, maybe in our families or even uh, within our peer group at school. Right. And so that makes us go through our life, you know, feeling like we're not good enough. Right. And, right. and, and, and then um, the book presence. Have you read the book presence? I haven't. I'll, I'll put a link to it, right? It, 
and she makes a good point. Her name is Amy uh, Covey. Uh, and it happens to a lot of minority groups. You know, it happens to a lot of uh, women, right? Uh, even my wife, we've gone through it for 10 years, and now she can't. Things that we talked about for 10 years, now she's coming back and say, oh, now I know what you're talking about. Uh, she just got a huge promotion, right? She went from being uh, director of a clinic to a director of a series of clinics, the regional director. And she's very, very intelligent. All her peers are the go-to. She's, we, when we went to premarital uh, uh, therapy, she, uh, we went through a battery of tests for somebody who worked at the Pentagon. You know, was a lawyer and a uh, PhD in psychotherapy at the same time. And she tested out for psychotherapy. And she's a natural at it. But still to this day, she has imposter syndrome, right? Because mm -hmm. she grew up from a poor middle class. Now you get this position. Now you go through the process you talk about and now you're doing good, but you feel like an imposter. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on that, Stuart? Yeah, uh, we grow up and uh, we reach the level of success that we've always wanted to achieve for ourselves. But once we reach um, those levels of success, we feel like we don't belong there. Right. We feel like, you know, how did I get here? You know, I don't deserve to be here um, from where I came from. And we start um, looking back towards our past circumstances instead of looking forward to the future, how we can impact other people lives and reach other you know people along the way we start kind of resenting ourselves we start feeling like people are not going to accept us you know we were already not good enough and this just puts more burden on us and in some ways people will start to self-sabotage themselves and will do things to knock themselves out of those positions. They will end up getting fired or, or you right. know, do something to sabotage the, the position that they've gained for themselves. Now, something I've learned about self-sabotage, let me know if you agree, 80%, 90% of self-sabotage comes from a deep depression. Correct. I agree. It does come from a deep depression or it comes from childhood trauma or psychological trauma that um a person has yet to deal with right you know as an adult and it has they have triggers or something that comes along that takes them back to that place in time where they felt you know insignificant and like they were not good enough and like they did not map right no this is an awesome video because as you notice, it's only three minutes, but there's a lot to unpack. Now let's listen to the next part and we'll, we'll unpack that as well. Or loving themselves. A lot of people have a lot of themselves to get in relationships with people where they're not valued or where they're not treated the best. Relationships um, because of cultural expectations, or because their families are in relationships or married, or because their friends are in relationships or married, you know, and find out once they get any relationship to be in a relationship because it's still work that they need to do on themselves. Um, to be in a relationship, you first have to know yourself. You first have to love and value yourself and value your own self-worth because a lot of times we get into these relationships with these people that don't know our self-worth. They don't even know their own self-worth and they look for you to complete them. They look for you to complete them in the relationship and for you to be everything that they need. And you can't be everything that a person needs. I mean, there's no way um, to be that. A lot of times you can't even be everything that we need for ourselves. That's why we have other people in the world that offer different 
things, you know, in order to help us maneuver through life. And so, you know, sometimes we have to take a step back and evaluate ourselves and take time to really learn to love ourselves in order to establish that self-worth within ourselves so that when we get ready to find love, you will be able to find the idea mate. All right. So there's a lot there. When I went through uh, premarital counseling, using the Imago, it's a great book, uh, Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, right? In Imago. So when, in, at that point, I was in my 30s, had been engaged twice, been in a lot of relationships. The insight I got is what you're saying is that when you're in a relationship, you point the figure at the other person. But the problem in a relationship is that you haven't completely dealt with all of your childhood trauma and you hit a very, very good point. I use it in sports betting. I have a sports betting podcast, made people you know, 500% each year. That means they got 10 times more money than when they started. But the first rule of betting is never bet your own team, right? I would never let you bet the Arbor Tigers. Is it your own team, right? And you have an outside expectation of it, right? So now mm -hmm. let me ask you this, because in finance, we have one, we have two things that makes it complicated. So I'm gonna walk you through the basics of the, the front end of a relationship that you're kind of talking about now. What complicates it uh, is brain chemistry, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, Fisher wrote a great book, The Mating Mind, right? Evolutionary Psychology. The chemicals in your brain that start a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Insultocin, the relationship that chemical women have the last two, two years, right? It's triggered mm -hmm. with sex with a guy. It lasts for two years. Once it's off, right? Uh, you hear things like the setting your itch, uh, through history, uh, looking through, uh, 500 years of divorce records. The average relationship is four years, right? The average mm -hmm. time that chemical lasts in the back of a woman's head. So, right, you have that. You have the wow factor, the, you know, the sexual chemistry. But deeper than that, you have that people get into relationships because they're broken from their childhood trauma and they're trying to become whole. They're trying to make somebody else that sometimes they barely know, right? Make them whole. And like you mentioned there, that's an unrealistic expectation. So when you're reading Getting the Love You Want and you're fixing relationships, you do not analyze the other person. You analyze yourself and find yourself deeper in yourself. What was missing from your childhood that you're now trying to make somebody else you just met or somebody else you're in a relationship and you know it's high school sweetheart and known them 20 years you're putting an unrealistic expectation on that other person in conjunction right with what's going on mm -hmm. with your head uh as far as uh brain chemistry goes now for me it's always been a kind of financial thing right uh so what makes you love the person in the first two to four years is exactly what's going to make you hate that person in that four to seven year period. So, hey, you know, I meet a woman, I'm making really good money, right? Everything is going great. So year four to seven, she starts getting upset that I'm a workaholic. It really irks her, right? <laughs> because Correct. she grew up poor. Now she has the money. She's made that whole, there could be some other stuff going on. <clears throat> but the fact that I'm a workaholic, not spending as much time with her as she would like, is not bothering her, right? Because Correct. She, she checked the box she thought she had. So what are your thoughts there? Stuart, um, those three things I mentioned. That 
there is a saying, um, never start out with a person, something that you're not willing to keep up or continue throughout the um, duration of the relationship. A lot of people start off in these relationships with lust and loving this person right. and feeling like, right. oh, this is a great person. I can handle this person's, you know, job and position. Oh, he's a truck driver. I can handle him being gone two or three weeks at a time. And right. then over right. the duration of the relationship, well, I'm starting to get lonely. I'm right. here by myself. You know, I, I don't have that companionship I thought I once had. We're not spending a lot of time together. I'm having to watch movies and, and, and do stuff by myself. This is not what I signed up for, you know, with this relationship. Right. Like where I have right there, uh, the, the Gold and Brown Book, it's Decision Science, right? And in Decision mm. Science, used by Fortune 500 company to make decisions, right? And as MBA, I teach that to companies. But the first step is common sense, right? You first have to do your research and gather information, right? Before you can apply math, then apply logic to the math and eliminate variance and covariance to you get a decision. So if you have not taken first care of your own childhood trauma, your own childhood trauma, and you're not tracking what's attracting you to other person, because that truck driver is a perfect example. You love those checks coming in, right? It's paying for everything. So you check that box that you grew up for. Now you're getting to the next level, right? And understanding that really kind of moves you forward in a long way. Now, the self-worth part of it is kind of understanding that at the relationship level and maybe ending the relationship, knowing that in the theory of abundance, by working on yourself, taking care of that childhood drama, right? It's almost like the law of attraction, uh, the secret, right? By having that abundance and saying, hey, there's another meal coming along. There's another guy or girl coming along that is going to be a better long-term fit now that I've done the research, right? And have the information in order to make the best long-term decision. You and I with master's degrees, you as a professor, we're appreciative to the choir. We believe that salesmen think short-term, businessmen and women think long-term, higher level thinking is uh, long-term thinking is higher level thinking. So for a long, we're talking about long-term uh, valuable relationships, like I've been fortunate, looking good, that I've had with my wife for 17 years, friends that I've had for 30 years. But you got to point your finger at yourself first. Now, this is the barrier I see a lot, especially in business. And I'll ask you this. Am I right? Or what do you think? You're free to disagree with me. But I think the barrier happens. This is twofold, right? Like uh, Charlie Sheen. Uh, he has AIDS, horrible drug addict. He has money that masks all his problems. He really doesn't hit bottom. So there's some people who can get away with this. But some people can't. And some people don't want to. But it's hard to change. Change is hard work. And especially as men, but same time with women, and I think the culture has changed too, Stuart. I like you to speak to this, that the reason people do not confront their childhood dramas or their failings or mistakes they make is because it's very brutal, it's very humiliating, it's hard, especially for guys. It's supposed to be father knows best. We're supposed to have all the answers. But when you don't have the answers and you're wrong, it's brutal, right? It's, it's very emotional. But you have to kind of work through that and kind of face it, have the courage to face it, to be able to learn about yourself and get through those childhood traumas to move forward. What are your thoughts, Stuart? 
I think that when people get in new relationships and they have some kind of childhood trauma that they have pushed deep down inside of themselves. Right. They right. tend to gravitate towards relationship with people that have a lot of baggage or right. people that need fixing themselves. Right. And they feel like, oh, this per- person will be the perfect person for me if I can help them overcome such and such and such. Right. And they right. are willing to help someone else overcome such and such and such and such such because they don't want to have to deal with their own baggage right their own trauma that they continue to push down within themselves right now i feel like during the pandemic a lot of people were off work were at home a lot of businesses and companies were shut down right Right. And people were sanctioned to their to their homes. So they had no other choice but to sit with their own baggage. Right. You had a lot of people that became very depressed during the pandemic being inside their home. Right. Not being able to right. go to the gym and work out, not being able to go out to dinner or, or lunch, not being able to mingle with friends and family, right. Right. but having to sit with themselves. And in sitting with themselves, they a lot of them find out I don't know who I am. Right. Or I don't like myself. I do not like the person I have become. I don't like the person I have become working at this job. Or this job is taking away time that I can be working on myself or reflecting on myself. So you find a lot of people that do not want to return to their previous employer. Because they feel like I need this time to work on myself. I need this time to unpack my trauma and fix whatever is going on or I have been avoiding for so long. Right. No. And and let me know your thoughts on it because in my experience, there are things you can fix. There's some things that I've fixed uh right away there's some things that have taken me 10 years to fix and there's some things i've learned that are unfixable right because i did not have all the information to really know what happened <laughs> right it's like uh in, in math you come up right. with a, the problem and it's uh, no solution i've had um, uh, i'll give you an example of uh a trauma i had that i really don't i didn't have until I really kind of processed it. Uh, There was this blonde girl in high school, uh, sat with her, had jokes with her for four years. Beautiful girl. She sat next to me in math class, fourth period, senior year. I knew her well, but not like very well, but we knew each other. Uh, Get to school one day, find out, she went to the gasoline station, poured gasoline on herself and set herself on fire. And when listening to people talk about unresolved trauma and people in the prison population, uh, expert in the prison population told me 80% of the people in the prison population is unresolved trauma. A lot of the shootings and murders and, and lack of community is unresolved trauma. And when I thought about it and pandemic and death, That was an unresolved trauma I had, right? Of seeing somebody live and fresh and stuff, and then the next day they're dead. And again, we're complicated, right? In finance, two or more things is complicated because you have the logical part of my brain, the process that uh, found out that she had, you know, troubled parents, uh, the guy that she was dating at the time, uh, as part of an unresolved murder 
I found out later on the guy ended up being a roommate of mine. So I said, oh, bad parents, bad relationships, horrible negative, uh, you know, thoughts in her brain, depressing thoughts in her brain that got her to that point, right? So on one side, I logically processed it, but on a primal level, I had not. And I think it's very interesting if somebody's evolved, because not everybody's evolved, but if you're an evolved person, to really understand, even the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about the spirit in the flesh, right? So I understood from a logical spirit standpoint, but I did not understand it from a primal reptilian standpoint. And I had to deal with the reptilian part as well. I can't just sit in the logical part all the time. I have to understand that I also have primal reptilian thoughts and trauma that I do also have to work through, right? Thoughts on, on, on that part of it. And sometimes it's good, right? Like bad bosses. It's good to imagine in your head you taking a sword and killing your boss, right? It's good psychology to do that, but don't go through with it, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like sometimes situations and things happen to us um, or happen to close people that are in our lives and we wonder why um, such and such did this to themselves or why um, do bad things happen to good people and we really don't know the ins and outs of the entire situation that happened Um, and so that leaves us without closure right because if you knew the full situation, this and this happened, point A, B, C, D, and E, then you could get closure on the situation. But a lot of times we know A, point A, and point E, but we don't know point B, C, and D. Exactly. And so this leaves us without the closure that we need to move on. So we always in our minds think, well, I wonder if this would have happened, you know, what happened to the blonde girl, you know what I'm saying? Or right. you know, right. if this situation would have changed or played out differently, how things would have been. You know, right. we we play these things in our minds in order to make us feel okay, to make right. us feel comfortable you know, with the situation um, to keep our um, equilibrium at bay. You know, um, we don't want to throw ourselves off or make ourselves feel like something else bad or whatever is going on, you know, that is out of our control. Then it makes us as humans go back and look out at our own survival. Right. And how can we prevent things from happening to ourselves or our close love, our close loved ones. Now and, and uh we'll listen to the rest of the video. But like uh I always love that book. It's very basic, very good. The seven habits of very successful people, right? First things first. First Take care of your childhood trauma. Figure out what it is. Uh, most therapists aren't good. So sometimes you might have to go to five therapists to figure it out or none at all. Just do rigorous work on yourself. Work through those feelings, especially guys, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But work through these horrible, nasty feelings that are going to humiliate you. But work through them. Face them, right? And then get to the other side. Get this information. Uh, on the women's side, also don't attract or or get involved with someone to make you whole, right? Or figure out what it is make you whole and make a determination on that. And number two, fix yourself. It, I think it's almost common knowledge. You cannot fix other people. I actually heard it from somebody I really admire. Uh, you know, a very intelligent, successful woman right and Mm -hmm. 
you know, past the age of 40, successful kids, successful husband, uh, talking about an extramarital affair she had. And she was talking about, I was trying to fix it. I'm like, you should know better. You cannot fix it. It's almost like betting on your own team. Never try to fix anybody. Try to, you know, fix yourself because you have more control over that. Before we play the rest of the video, any thoughts on that? Um, you definitely can't fix anyone or make anyone change. That person has to want to change on their own. Right. And um, they have to put forth effort and action, you know, to show that they are, I mean, indeed trying to change, you know, um, for the better. Um, and as you were uh, speaking about men, a lot of men hold a lot of emotions and stuff inside. Um, a lot of men have been taught, you know, men should not cry, men should not express their feelings, so they keep a lot of a lot of emotions bottled up. Even um, when they're with their close friends, they still do not tell their close friends what's really going on with them. They might tell bits and pieces, but they do not tell the whole honest truth. A lot of women, they have those emotional connections with other women. They're able to get together as girlfriends and crown each other's shoulders right. and really be honest and vulnerable. Men are not like that. So I think it's very important for men to go to therapy, to seek out self-help books, you know, to try to work on their traumas as well right. um, before getting into relationships. I feel like a lot of women might go after men or try to get into relationship with men that are broken, feeling like I'm a nurturer, I can help fix him, I can help change him. And then over time, when the relationship does not work out, the women become exhausted with this cycle of the behaviors of going through this with these men over and over and over again. And then after the relationship end and they do not achieve relationship success for themselves whether it be marriage or whatever they were looking for they end up beating themselves up right about you know i, right. I, I was not good enough i tried to help him you know such and such when they should have in the beginning worked on their own traumas right so was, that, you want a reward it, it and that goes deeply to the way we're raised right uh, that if you do xyz you're going to get a reward right you're going to get to have in the, in the real world it doesn't work that way right what happens is people try to take advantage of you uh it's basic part of you know naivete for lack of a better word and that causes the horrible problems we have and not being able because and before we start the end of the video i'll ask you this I feel that if you're not doing that, it's not easy, believe me. It's easy to say, hard to do. Specific example for me was my dad would listen to this preacher and I've heard him for 30 years. From the time I was uh, seven, eight years old to the time I was 35. And I didn't get it until I was 35. And this preacher uh, had a daughter. She graduated from her Ivy League school. She gets married and the husband kills her. And the preacher goes to the jail, gives him a hug and says, I love you, right? I never understood that, right? I never understood mm -hmm. that level of forgiveness, right? And, I, and it's complicated because it's two levels. I don't have that level of forgiveness. Now, my dad is a minister, a holy man of faith. The other guy is. That's what my dad really believes. And that's what he's really practicing. That's why he's heard that same sermon for 30 years, because it's about forgiveness. You don't forgive for the other person. You forgive for yourself to get through those feelings and move on with your life, right? And not sit in those, you know, anger and hate to this guy because that guy killed his daughter. Yeah, forgiveness is for you, not for the other person, because when you don't forgive, you hold on to a lot of resentment. 
right. and emotions right. that right. later on become trauma. Right. And, and those women are holding on to that. Oh, I did so much for him. I did so da, 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 and I didn't get my reward. He cheated with him. He went over there, right? And a lot of women um who feel who are broken grew up without their fathers. Right. Grew up without having that attention from their fathers. And so they seek out men who remind them of their fathers or have those types of behavior. Or uh, an imagined expectation of what a father would have been like. Yeah. Or what they see on TV. Because uh, it's informal. It's not academic at all. Uh, I've discussed this with my wife the last 20 years. We know each other 20 years, been married 18. In my experience, in my life, right? A hundred percent of my gay friends, all of them had either non-existent or distant fathers. And it's almost like that same dynamic of the relationship with a lot of gay men that have been friends of mine were seeking that because they did not have a dad. And they, they just have mm-hmm. problems in that relationship. What, what are your thoughts before we uh, close with your video? So you do have a lot of homosexual guys that grew up without their father figure in their household and their mothers um, tried to play both the feminine and the masculine role um, to them within their lives. But um, of course, a female cannot teach a boy how to be a man because she's not a man. And so, you know, I feel like over time they kind of take on those traits that they learn from their mothers because that's the only adult role model they have in the household is their their mothers. They don't have their father there to teach them how to fix a a garbage disposal or how to um, go outside and change a tire right. or, or how to cut the lawn or whatever like that. The only role model they have is their mother. So they model what they see from their mother's perspective. Right. Right. 100%. All right. Let's, let's listen to the last part of this video. Who will appreciate us and what we bring to the table. And also, we'll be able to find um, someone who will be able to appreciate and be able to see um, those gifts that are manifested in those people. If you're not able to treat yourself well going into a relationship, then you're not going to be able to get the best out of that other person and you're not going to be able to give your complete best as well. So at the bottom of the comment, definitely um, leave some tips about how you are able to discover your own self-worth. Um, and if you are working on your self-worth now, what are some things you're doing in order to um, establish that for yourself. Definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel, comment, click that bell for future notifications. Thank you so much. Until next time. All right. Good job. Uh, now, for me, touch is one of my, and I'll put it on that link in your YouTube and we'll put it in the episode notes. I really like this podcast because we kind of unpacked it and we hit. Uh, some actionable things you can do now you can look at right and something research on yourself to point you in the right direction but one again when i'll put it in the episode notes one of the better books i've ever read right well i had the four agreements right the four agreements great wonderful book and the thing we touched on is uh do not make assumptions right so get to know yourself first and then do your research on another person. It's decision science. Get as much information as possible before making a decision. Now, I made a lot of money off of that. I had one guy who uh, gave another guy $5 million. 
and it was going to hire me to find out what was going on in the restaurant. And I'm saying, hey, no problem. I can help you. Uh, you know, wire the $10,000 deposit and get going. Let me know. Uh, send me the background check you did on him before you gave him the $5 million. He's like, what? Background check? I didn't do a background check. Oh, really? No problem. Send me 25000 I'm going to do it and I'm going to do the research and I found out in the research he had been sued by every single person he ever done business with and then from there give me a lot of information now to look at the books that's an MBA somebody who knows the numbers who ran businesses right I had really good information and I knew I was going to find something end of the day we got a million dollar settlement right so amazing how many people get into relationships with number one, not doing the research on themselves, not dealing with all this unresolved trauma. Number two, doing some research on the other person. Are they working on themselves? Because everybody, I don't care how much money you have, how idyllic you grew up in, you have some childhood trauma. There's some, so if that person isn't going off, that's how you know how much BS there. The erroneous zones by William Dyer. And one of the erroneous zones, right? He had also been a psychotherapist, been in the military. One of them is, and this is, I learned this really from my mom, and this has helped me in business and it helped me throughout my whole life. And in my experience, it's 100% true. I like to hear what you said, but it was really about the last end of your video approval seeking. I don't care if it's in a job or anything else, especially if you worked hard on yourself, got credentials. It's the worst thing you can actually do, right? And you make a decision whether somebody appreciates you or not. So we go kind of go for a circle. So this is a great podcast because it's been like a story. So we'll go full circle, right? Charge everybody mm -hmm. triple. <laughs> the people that love you are going to pay it. Right away, not even gonna ask. The people that don't won't say goodbye because we live in the rich, we're lucky, right? We live in the richest country in the history of mankind. People are throwing babies over fences in Afghanistan to come here. So there's always another meal. You know, you, you, you were lucky enough, right? That we live in abundance. Addition by subtraction. It's really what our parents said, uh, you know, you look at your friends, delete the friends that aren't good to you, right? Always do that. And in business, it's always been 100%. In lucky, fortunate, and good, then in relationships, it's 100%. Because before I was married, I knew I needed to work on myself. I knew it not as well as I do now, fast forward 20 years, because you always have to be learning and growing. Fortunate, lucky, and good. I've had the good fortune, right? I've been blessed to be mm -hmm. able to do that. But at that point in time, it was really a business strategy that if I made a lot of money, that if I worked on my body and looked good on my own business, was a happy guy and uh, touched as many corners as I could, read a lot of books so I could be a really good conversationalist, uh, make really good money so we could be happy and free, uh, go to the gym six times a week, right? So I can have mm -hmm. a chiseled body. That would attract the right person. I didn't have to do anything, right? So in the restaurant, it was creating a hole-in-the-wall culture, uh, creating such an experience that people drove by Domino's Pizza and McDonald's and drove all these models to come to my place. And we had a niche. People who like Cuban food, hole-in-the-wall, uh, free atmosphere. We had a billionaire like George Steinberg or the Yankees come in. For him was, hey, don't let anybody talk to him, <laughs> right? Steer people away. Boy. Give him a really good meal. Give him a good experience. That he, he can go anywhere in the world but came to our place on a regular basis because we did things that fit to him, right? Just give him what he wants. Don't have the waiter or waitress talk to him too much. Keep random people away from him, da-da-da. Uh, organic growth, right? But mm -hmm. it's 
I could be wrong. Let me know. It's the same thing for relationships. And that's what you were really saying, really, at the, at, at the end of that video. Correct. Um, about um, organic growth. Um, and appreciating yourself. And if somebody doesn't appreciate you, don't hesitate, right? Mm -hmm. And leading that person. And find somebody that organically, right, can appreciate you for what Correct. you are doing. Because all of us have gifts. Right. All of us have talents. Right. And I believe that a relationship with the right person at the right time, that is a gift. And I feel like a lot of times we don't appreciate one another and see each other as a gift. That's why you have so many toxic relationships because we don't see each other as a gift. We wait until the person passes away to give them their flowers and right. to acknowledge them significantly for the right. impact they've had on our lives. Right. But we don't do that while they're still alive and are able to hear it. Right. So we have to start looking at people and relationships as a gift and, and start treating those people accordingly while they're in our lives. You don't go off and cheat on someone and then they and then beg to come back to them to say, well, you know, you're special to me. You're significant to me. Well, you should have realized I was special and significant to you before you went out there and cheated. If you already knew I was special significant, you wouldn't have cheated to begin with. See, we got to start holding people accountable for how they treat us. When they mistreat us, we have to cut them out and move on. Like Maya Angelou said, when someone shows you who, who they are, believe them. <laughs> right. And I think Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, she reiterated this. Um, I recently, I think I saw on Instagram a video where she said, um, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them, not the 29th right. time, right. <laughs> but the very first right. time. Right. Follow the signs. Follow the red flags. They're there exactly. for a reason. <laughs> and you're noticing them for a reason. Never mind what my mom used to say. When I'm dead, don't send flowers to my funeral. Buy them now so I can sell them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. It goes to deep mindful. Man, this has been a great podcast. Uh, a lot of great insight, a lot of great things that reminded me of. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Stuart. And uh, final words before we close. Um, a final word is that I just want people to really start to value and appreciate themselves really search within themselves their gifts and their talents hold on to those things hold on to their own positivity and how they view themselves many people can say many things about you whether it's a truth or a lie but it's all about how you feel about yourself and how you value yourself. And that is what everyone needs to hold on to their own standards, their own morals, values, and life compasses, the things that makes you you. You have to hold on to those things no matter what because the world will try to beat you down. People will try to beat you down, but you have to hold on to your own value and you have to know your, yourself. You have to know your self-worth. And knowing these things first starts out by uncovering, unmasking, unpacking your trauma. Once you unmask and unpack your trauma and find out who you really are and determine your self-worth, then you're able to go on and to live a successful life and existence and be happy, not with what other people feel like you should have in order to be successful, but what you have presently.
that's making you happy and making you feel like you are successful and have won in life. Right on. That's a wonderful message, man. Great way to bring it through. And I always, as I get older, I understand that by giving, you always get 10 times back. And I always close with Winston Winston Churchill. You make a life from your labor, what you do for a living. But you make a uh, you make it uh, you make a living from your labor, what you do for work. But you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast network. All the best there is.